We've been instilled with tactics and training for battling enemies overseas, but we are not taught how to battle the ones within. When the combat zone becomes your comfort zone, what becomes of the home front? I'm Tom. And I'm Jen. Together, we're tackling tough topics to conquer whatever challenge you're facing, from your soft unit to your family unit, with our amazing lineup of guests, including special operators, field experts, and so much more. This isn't your typical cool guy podcast. Welcome to All Secure. All right, so let's do this. Here we are. We're sitting in a dark room, facing each other on carpets with a singular light on in the corner. Now it's a just blue light. Now it's brighter. Now it's, it's not going it's in the right direction the at all. Button. You got to hit the one below that. Now we're sitting in a dark room. Powers out. Only a little sunlight from outside protrudes through the blinds and enters the room. The walls are covered in pointy foam and square framed carpeted items meant to dull the sound of the podcast room. I'm Tom and this is Jen Satterley. Hello. And today we're going to talk about psychedelic healing. What an intro. I bet you thought we were talking about haunted houses. Right? Why not? Why not? That's Why a not? that's a podcast for another day. Let's talk about psychedelic medicine, plant healing. So this is a part two to another podcast we've done. Yes, please go back if you haven't listened to part one with Jesse Gould from the Heroic Heart Project, heroicheartproject.org. We did a podcast with him. He put out so much great information and I always love talking to Jesse. He's just, he's the coolest and he's doing some super amazing things, changing lives, saving lives, lives, giving people opportunity to change their lives. Hope, a big old dose of hope for whatever life you want to create because it's your responsibility to create that life. So part of our responsibility has been... I wouldn't say nine years of healing. I've known you for nine years, but I would say probably a good five, six years of healing. So nine, ayahuasca. Nine years of suffering that <laughs> turned into healing at the five years ago mark. <laughs> well. At the fourth yeah. year. Yeah, I would say <clears throat> you had baby steps before that, though, and little breakthroughs, but you didn't want to let go of your demons for a long time. I mean, you kind of held them close. I don't know if I didn't want to let them go or if I didn't know, didn't know how to, didn't want to admit that I had those demons, maybe. Looking back, I don't really know the reason what kept me from doing it. Fear of admittance, maybe accepting it, the self-awareness that I was an asshole, I was doing mean, horrible things, making poor decisions, and and then realized that's habit from what I had done before from all the poor behavior. You have asked me for forgiveness many times. I'm sorry. and. But do you feel like part of what was holding back is you didn't have the element of like self-forgiveness in those early treatments? Like you still felt attached to your ego in such a way that you couldn't get kind of a bird's eye view of, you know what I'm saying? When you're in the thick of it. When you have an ego or you're a warrior or you're at the top of your game or you have a lot of stress and your focus is on something else, your job, whatever. You don't do those things on purpose, I don't think. You that's who you what become. Things? The mean things, the mm. the behavior, the aggressiveness, this directness, you know, when you could have be maybe Control. the same sentence could have been done in love and you just do it in directness. And it was always about getting things done and getting it done right. It feels hyper controlling to someone on the other end of that. Right. And to the other end, 
It's just the way of doing things. Right. Exactly. As a way of life of survival or just the way you were taught. You're taught in the military. You know, when you get off that bus or even before you get off the bus at basic training, your life's changing. You're being screamed at. You're being beat up by a round brown hat. You know, the edge of it. Somebody screaming. At I you. don't. But you have no idea you. what's going on. And, you, you know, you were asleep on the bus and now you're getting screamed at and you're out there and you're, you're yelled at for, for a month. And it desensitizes you to chaos. Right. So you become that chaos that you're desensitized to because it's not chaos anymore. It's normal behavior to scream things and get it done right now. And it's direct and you know what's going on. But you understand why spouses say I'm not your soldier or don't talk to me like a terrorist. That's exactly what I'm talking about. Yes, I'm saying my side of why you say what you say, because this is how we become who we are. Yeah. And so I don't know that a lot of people stop and think that a lot of people that have asked for help never even considered who they are now. They think they're that high school or college Indiana kid, that happy go yeah. Indiana kid, you know, from my, in my case, that that's who we see ourselves as. Just a 55 year old man still hit on college girls because they think they look young. We think young. That's when we matured. Whatever reason it is, that's who we think we are. And that's how we behave. So you got to fast forward to that behavior is not what I'm actually putting out. My behavior is completely different. I'm thinking high school, Tom, behavior is militant Tom, you know, the things I've been trained and we need to pause. People need to pause and recognize that. And whatever treatment it is that you go do, whatever help you get, whatever assistance you get, whatever retraining you go to, to change your personal behaviors that are negative. And if someone's telling you your personal behaviors are negative, then they are. You telling them to go fuck off then really doesn't mean that your behaviors aren't being negative. That's kind of like a confirmation. Right. When people keep (laughs) saying, why are you an asshole? And then you make it your badge of honor. Then, yeah, well, then admit you're an asshole because it's your badge of honor. You're being an asshole and that most people don't like assholes. And just because you think it's an endearing term doesn't mean others like it. No, I don't find it endearing. It took me a bit to get there because I didn't want to admit that I was wrong. You have to admit I was wrong in my behavior. I was wrong in those things that I was doing. Especially because you feel like, but I was taught that and I was trained that and all the dudes that came before me did it. So why That's are we you all get things wrong? Done. Those are all excuses you know? to not admit that I was wrong in the moments that I used that behavior speaking to you that way or other people that way. Or because just it's, just the way, it's just the way I am, damn it. Well, that's still not a good way to be if it's negative no. to other people. No. Realizing that, that I have to interact in this world of other people, that I am the other people. And that other words will go, oh, you're soft now. He's falling off the wagon, whatever. Hey, I'm happy to be where I'm at. And we're here to talk about that one of the many modalities of healing that we've both been through today is psychedelics. And only one of them because we've only done it once. Yes. Tom and I did a ceremony with five MEO DMT. Tom and I are not going to talk technically We've said it a thousand times before. We're not therapists. We're not psychiatrists. We're not doctors. We're just journeymen and we're sharing our journey. If you are interested in what we're talking about, go to your desktop and do some research. Look up 5-MEO-DMT. See if like I did two years. Before we went to find out if it was right for us, to ensure it was right for us, we did other things and got to a point where we felt this would be a beneficial modality of healing another tool to add to what we've already gone through and it was wonderful and horrible but it worked yes and i i will tell you my research began with ayahuasca and i spent the most time kind of studying that it was not conducive for you and i to leave for 
the amount of time that we needed. It's to funny leave. that what we picked was based on time. And convenience, which yeah. is what Americans do anyway, yep. even though it was for our own mental health I know. and our survival, maybe in our but relationship dude. and how we are. <laughs> and we still chose the easiest, I quickest method. Literally, it was of coming time. out of my mouth. I was Money just wasn't thinking the problem. that like, wait a minute, we see on the other side of it now, you and I've become so hyper aware. Right. And I'm like, why didn't we just go down to Peru? Why didn't we, we did not have invest? We sell, invest your time. You all just your heard me walk right hands. back out of my own you back, shit. As soon as you said it, I went, wow, that's what we tell other people. Yes. And that's exactly what we do. We the quickest, the me. fastest, because we're so busy. Our mental health isn't worth the time. And if we do it, people who tell you know people what? to invest your time and we still do it, you know it's a problem out there. And sometimes you have to sacrifice financially. You and I have gotten down to 83 cents in our bank account because we have spent everything that we could. And you have to invest time. If you don't have the time, you have to invest a little time. We didn't have the time. We invested a little time, opened our world up to even more of what we potentially possibly might do in the future of a longer journey. If I feel called to it. If we felt called to it. As of right now, I don't. I don't either. But, but I'm not closed off to being open to it. Down and it the was road. also dis- discussed that it was one of the strongest. It is. Yeah. And did as much in that amount of time if you were ready for it. Right. Right. So we chose that at the time, though. It was basically a bit of a little bit of time that we didn't have the journey down the fear of, well, is it a secure place? COVID travel at the yeah, time affected a lot. Too. Can we, we get back stuck? into the country? So we chose a different location. Yeah, I think there were a lot of factors. You're right. But also... It's funny. I wanted to mention that Yeah, with the time part of it, not (laughs) investing five days in a row into my mental health was um, a bit funny. I know. Even when we're in that line of work. So we know people think that way. That's why this is another modality that you can go to. Well, and it's also in that that place of we're very busy at the nonprofit. And I fall, you know, I fall to the habit of also thinking of others and not putting on my oxygen mask, that would be an example of that saying, well, no, we have these priorities with All Secure and we've got to get right. things done. We have the priorities. Blah, blah, We're blah. mature enough to invest a little bit of time. Yes. So we bought the tickets. We went down, yep. got the treatment, came back home the next day. It was an overnighter. Yep. And 24 hours. What a journey. Tom and I, I will say it probably a thousand times. Y'all are going to get annoyed, but we're not therapists, doctors. We're not even advocating or being prophets of this type of healing or trying to push anyone in this direction, because I truly do believe that you need to be called to this type of experience. You need to feel extremely comfortable in it. I'm not saying not to have normal fears of doing something new and something different. That's normal. I was afraid. Tom was afraid. But what I'm saying is if you don't feel called to this and it doesn't feel right to you, it probably isn't. And maybe... In a year or three weeks, it will be. But don't force yourself into this. Not judgmental. Do your own research and decide if it's right for you. We're only telling you our journey. I don't want to keep prefacing the fact that somebody might say, well, you told me to go. Listen, no, 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 I get you. We do. We all do it as humans. We're all adults. We're worried about being judged or people mistaking what we're saying and going and doing something that might hurt them. Everyone's responsible to do their own research like you did for two years. Research. Decide if it's right for you. Try other things if it's scary first. Work your way into a decision that this is your decision only. You're comfortable to do this and you want to go do this journey and go down with intention of what you want this journey to be. Not just go down and without thinking about it and okay, take me through the process, but really do the research, really get involved into it with everything you do. 
with every modality of healing, you should research. You should Google what research is out there to help people with post-traumatic stress disorder or stress or anything. Google it. You'll find all kinds of things, which is all we do when people ask us tons of questions. And I also think it's really important to note that Tom and I are going to share our experience and we're going to kind of walk through what it looked like for us. And I I want to really impress upon people that some people won't even share their journeys because they don't want it to influence others. If you feel like you might want to go on a journey or have a ceremony and you are wanting to go into it pure without hearing about anybody else's journeys or experiences. Now, I'm not talking about the medical part. I'm not talking about some of the nuances of the, you know, how does this go and how does this work? Tom and I are going to dive into what the experience looked like for us. You might want to press pause or stop if you don't want to go in. I know I, I, I doubt didn't. it's going to be a spoiler alert. But I didn't. I so I just want to make people sure are people want to know. know. Don't you think most people are going to, what can I expect? That's what I, I wanted to know. What can I expect? Sure. Meaning... What will I do? Will I be able to talk? Will I get up and run around and act like a chicken? Will I will I be scared? Will I, you know, will I be sick? Will I pee my pants? Will something embarrassing happen? All of those things went through my head. Like when I'm not in control of what I'm doing, what will I do? Right? That's what, a fair what a question. Fear. What a fear. And that's an, a valid question. I'm just saying you and I are going to talk about what we saw on the other side. And for me, I wanted my experience to be very pure. I didn't want to go in hearing about anyone else's journey, what they saw, didn't see how they felt, didn't feel, because I didn't want it to cloud my experience. So and that's our personality That's all exactly. <laughs> so I want to know for everything. Those, for those folks, <laughs> see you later. For the ones that yeah. want to hear, stay tuned. That's it. That's all my disclaimers for the day. So let's get I, into I it. I hope so, because let's talk. <laughs> Sorry. I'm not apologizing for anything. We're here to share our story. If you want to listen, great. If not, later. So. You went first. I went first. And let me tell you, I went first being brave in my mind. Like It was so brave. Let me go do it to make sure my wife doesn't die doing it. So if I die, save my wife. I mean, honestly, I have that fear. What if I'm the one person out of a billion, that a million, whatever that number is, I made that billion and million up that die from this? Are there people that die from this? Of course, there's a fear for everything, right? You go to surgery, there's a little fine print. You may die from surgery, you know, and anesthesia. So you, you might it. die when you get in a car and buckle so up. So that fear, belt. you know, that fear of the unknown. So I thought I'll go first. That way I don't have to watch my wife die and I could have saved her kind of thing. You know, I'll be honest. I did drugs in high school. I did them in college. Yeah. I was a late bloomer. So I, I did them. I did psychedelics and it, this was nothing like that because I could function on the psychedelics that I did in high school. And it wasn't anything like this, pretty colors and weird things, but I wouldn't have been able to function on this. I tell you, they you're talk, not going you know, to a rave or a club. No, it's not a rave. <laughs> you, you, there's a therapist there. There's a professional there. There's a person who's done medicine it before, doctor. a medicine doctor there. You know, they have all the procedures down. So, and if you're nervous about it, then ask about the procedures, you know, whatever you need to do to be comfortable in your setting is what you should do for yourself. And again, I want to say this is the 5-MeO-DMT. So this we is different than ayahuasca. the 5-MeO-DMT. Which most people are familiar with. It's different. It's supposed to be more stronger, less length of time. You can anywhere between 45 minutes and three hours kind of thing. And I didn't really understand that at the time. Like, is it one thing? So it's multiple doses. I'd say one dose for me maybe lasted 20 to 40 minutes at the most before I would have another dose. I think the whole thing was an hour. No way. I have no idea. I was going to say you're way off. It was about 10 to 15 minutes. So 10 to 15 minutes each time. And it lasted maybe an hour and a half total. It was an hour and a half for you. And I think you did. See, it's funny. Five or six maybe seven different. It's a vape. So it's like, looks like a vapor pen. Like you're going to inhale pen. it. So you inhale. So yeah, we sit boom, down, you're we in. talk with the specialist. <laughs> the other specialist is monitoring. 
managing this, the music and the soundtrack, if you will, of the different songs that went through that tell you changed my thought process on the fly as I was under. But they talk you through it. You sit back, you get comfortable. They talk about the possibility of, of vomiting, expelling food or whatever. Um, it rarely happens. Of course, spoiler alert, it happened to me. And me. <laughs> and Jen. Uh, and I remember sitting up at one point thinking, oh, great, you know, nobody vomits. So I'm that one guy. I started laughing, and went, but I went back for more. So it's the doses wear off rather quick. And in my opinion, I'm going to kind of talk about the whole thing up front. As I took each dose, it was worse up front. Then it tapered off as I went. And I believe that the last time I went in, I heard the professional technician, I don't know the terminology, say. It was the medicine And doctor, I remember the yeah. medicine doctor. And I, I was aware enough. And I'm thinking, and I remember I was smiling and laughing, but my thought process is, do I go in for another one? Am I allowed to go in? They wouldn't give me too much more. And then I thought, oh, I'm thinking. Just like they said, if you're thinking and you're scared and you're wondering, that's time to go in for another one. So I did the symbol of my 10 fingertips together in a little monkey fashion. Of, food, it's please. The, I don't know it's what is the that. sign language symbol for more. Oh, see, there you go. The C, I should study sign language. The yeah. more. So the sign language symbol for more, as I can describe it, is both of your hands, all of your fingers touching, and you touch those two, all those fingertips together. And I went in and I asked the question, well, I guess this is the time where you're supposed to go in for more. And so let's do it. And I, and I put my fingers together and, and I heard you can do one more. So I did one more. And the last one was more of a still terrifying of what to expect from the first one. But I think my last one confirmed to me that everything that I needed was done. That's how it was for seem, me. Like you're done. I don't feel like There's the last no one really did much to mm -hmm. me. Did, it, it made me feel a little sweaty and I was cold, enough, but I was, I feel that I was still aware and not going under anymore. Like it didn't affect me anymore. So I didn't need it anymore. And I came out feeling that I had finished my journey and I got my answers and I had. So I had heard like, for me, it was you're complete. You're done. Like what you needed to get, you've gotten. So I, it was the like. The differences between ours, yours was yeah. more audible, I guess. You heard things I'm done or, you know, whatever in your mind. To me, it was just. Might've been my consciousness coming back into play. Too. To me, it was just the story played out. And I know what that story was. And it, that's why it's so hard for me to describe what happened in my journey. It was so. It was just in, in knowledge of that's good, you know, and I had yes. very few it's all visual things. It was all just completely knowing that what I went in for had happened. It shown me and I was good to go and the story played out and I knew what it was. But to tell you what that was, it's very difficult to describe. So when you hear what I actually saw, you wonder, how does that connect? And you know what? I think a really good way that I've heard other people explain and talk about it is that and. The medicine doctor talked about this as well. He said, when you have the death of your ego, so when your body and your spirit and your mind are all disconnecting from each other, there's no greater terror than the loss of ego. And there's no way that you have words to describe to another person what that feels like because you're not operating in consciousness and we don't was, have language for it. it and, and that's true. In a sense that I had felt like I was dying before. In like Somalia. in Somalia, in Somalia I, I had relented to the fact that I was going to die. And I truly had done that. So when I went in and I know he said later, wow, you succumb fast. I fought it for us, whatever, how long, I don't know. And then I gave into it like I'd been here before. I've been here before. I've died before. I had relented to dying before and I had died before on the operating yeah. table, actually. So I forgot about, <laughs> forgot about that. So I had died before. I don't think that played a factor in this to me that I know of. The feeling of I'm going to die while I was awake. I thought I was awake. 
And when it was happening, I fought it, fought it. No, 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 no. I was trying to fight the chemical, I guess. Yeah. The hallucination. Oh my God, you're losing control. And then I, I relented to it. The death of the ego, the death of, because you're dying and your body knows you're dying. When your body knows it's being poisoned or it feels it's being poisoned, I hate to say the term poison. People are, I'm never going to do it. <laughs> your body thinks it's poison or whatever that feeling is and you're dying. And I fought it. And then I realized I came here for this and I let it go. And that, that seemed like forever to let go. And then it was just a lot of fuck, 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 like the resistance of the don't do it. Fuck, here it comes. And what I saw was cellophane. Okay, we'll call it gray colored cellophane, whether you could see through it or not, coming at me like a wall and, yeah. and coming closer and closer. And I knew that wall was death or truth or whatever I was there for. I had a wall to you. And when I, was saying fuck fuck fighting it fighting it trying to keep it away i was terrified and when i said fuck it and put my head down like let's do this when you charged it and i charged right into it and it felt like felt like i saw whatever the cellophane the rubbery membrane mm -hmm. was engulfing my entire body like i was trying to break through and i could not breathe and my mouth was open and when it broke and i came through i believe that's when i set up and threw up a lot but I punched through the other side and I just, I literally sat up. I remember, I think I convulsed almost in half. Like you're going to throw up from the laying down position. Yeah. Cause your stomach muscles to tighten up. And you sit straight up and you're like, I'm starting to become aware, I think, but I'm in a crazy place. So I think I'm aware. And I'm like, am I really awake in all these places at one time? And I remember a hand on my back and I just started vomiting. And I'm talking the vomiting that we've all probably done at one point. If you're old enough to where you're turning inside out and you're like, my God, what's happening? And I can't breathe. I'm going to die vomiting. Yeah. Like you can't breathe back like the worst in. It kind keeps of coming poisoning. Out, out and out and out, but nothing's coming in. And I'm like, I'm going to have to breathe soon. And I swear I felt little demon feet, little broken demon feet, whatever, the little chicken feet, crow's yeah. feet. But they, in my mind, and I was still awake and I knew what I was doing, but I was under, I'm throwing up a demon and it's broken apart and it's coming out into this bowl and I could feel it in my mouth. I was getting it out of my mouth and spitting it into the bowl. I sat back down, wiped my mouth. I don't know how long that took. I have no idea. And you know, the crazy thing is you thought you had like expelled all of this vomit and there was barely anything there. Are you kidding me? No, it was like just a little bit of liquid. Because remember, uh, we had to I, clear I, our I systems. I imagine that they dumped the bowl and came back with another bowl. No, some more it was like was... a little bit like that. Like I just pointed to a little bit of liquid. You guys can't see, but it wasn't very much. Wow. Like, Couple and I thought I filled that bowl up and I was like, man, it's going to spill on me. And I remember thinking it's going to spill on me. You know, so you must thinking, have had a big I'm, ass demon. I'm coming back. And, Lots of baby. Demon but I remember parts. getting the feet in my mouth. I don't know if they were trying to stay in my mouth and I spit the feet out and I kept spitting out feet or toes or whatever. And I, and I thought that little fucker's gone. And I think I laid back down and I felt obviously cooling down from the heat of vomiting. And I think that's when I asked for more. I don't know how long I laid there before I asked for more. And I, and I thought, oh, I hope I don't throw up again. But it got easier. The story got less difficult. And then when I became awake sooner, I felt I'd go back in sooner. And then the last one was a check for me, you know, like, well, should I? Should I? Because every time I'd go in the kaleidoscope colors, the fracturing of a membrane, but glass and it's different colors and the lights and changing. And then I remember vibrating and shaking inside like at a low i remember feeling that in my body and like that hearing frequency. it every time i would go under i felt that like i was vibrating through a layer of something 
and it was low frequency and it was thick. And it was every time it was and the last time I just went in and out and I was like, the vibrations are gone. The fear was gone. If I'm going to be sick, the here it comes was gone. And it was like, this medicine has no effect on me now. Mm. And I think I just laid there laughing and smiling and breathing and crying. I was so happy. I felt, and I just felt joy. And I went in with the intent, my sole intent. So maybe it was working, but it was working in a different way. No, my sole intent was to find joy. There. My sole intent was to find joy, not happiness, but joy of everything. And I found it and I was laying there that last one. This, I was happy. I mean, I was happy. And all I saw, you know, okay, what did I see on the other side? I skipped past that. Literally, everything I saw on the other side was just Jen. I just kept saying, Jen, did I see you there? No. Were you in a white dress on a beach? No, it was, <laughs> it was just, I, I wish knew. I was in a white dress on a beach. Because I think I had fear of going in and you would ask me, if you come out of this because of the fear of a relationship is you're going to come out of this and wake up and go, I don't want to be married anymore. Yeah, right. I'm on a different path. That is a personal feel. Like I'm yeah. I'm better now and it's not you. Goodbye. You know, I had that fear. Right. I think most Who people want do. to stay with me when they sit up and, and have the confidence that I don't need to be with a guy with this shit, you know, right? So sit up and be like, you know what, you're out of here, fucker. So I had that fear. I think everybody has a fear of losing someone they love. But I know that when I came out the other side and threw up the demon feet and went back in, that all I remember you told me, I don't remember. I remember seeing you out there. I remember screaming, I love you. I mean, that's all I could do. And it was all that was there was you and I. And it's when I knew, okay, right choice. I answered that question. I had joy. I was just, I've never been happier. You only said a few things out loud besides early on when you were saying fuck through that process of the dark side. But on the other side, you had this really low whisper and you were like, I was shouting, I love you. I'm like, it was just this really low whisper of it's always been you and you're so brave. And I think I was coming out of it thinking she had to sit there and watch my presence of Mm. now the room, maybe the presence of you there. I know that because I know there's more people in the room and I didn't think of them at all that you're so brave to watch me go through whatever the hell that looked like. You know what I mean? I did. I don't know what it looked like. I didn't know what I did. I, to me, I'm running around in space, like in, in the yeah. cosmos sphere. So we're just running around in a, a bubble with no floor and no ceiling and no walls and just. And in reality, you're happening, laying happening. on a really soft couch laying with a blanket a over couch, you. And... Sweating and trembling. And I know I vibrated a lot. I know my legs, my right leg, I think really vibrated a lot. You kicked a lot with your right leg. And I felt the which battles. is a natural trauma release that happens in a lot of procedures is people will shake or twitch or kick when they're releasing trauma. So that's that's a good like physical sign that this is working, really. I felt it working. I don't know what at the time when it was happening, what it was doing or what other than I'm shaking and I'm twitching and I can't breathe. I'm vomiting and a demon and oh my God, it's nothing but clear and light and I'm happy now. And and then as I'm coming through thinking, how am I going to explain any of that? I can't even, I don't even know what the hell it was. I don't even know. There's no story. Was I here for two hours? I don't know how long was this? Because I'm always worried about time. My fear was, will I say something secret from the past? You know, right? What do I know? And what's secret that I knew anyway anymore? But the fear of saying something stupid, will I bark like a chicken? Will I run around? You know, all of those fears I, I really didn't care about. When it takes a hold and you're going under, all you care about is you and what you need. And you're there with yourself and it's like an entire long journey alone 
that lasted a long time. They say it doesn't give you what you want. It gives you what you need. Yeah, that was for sure. You know, I asked for joy and it gave me the confidence that you and I, you know, I'm not blowing that. I won't blow it. I don't have to blow it. And, you know, that's what I needed. I think confidence. I need the confidence that I hadn't blown us and ruined us with everything I had done. And the fact that, man, putting you through all the, the crap I had done in the past. How did you feel about it? How do you, and you're so kind and nice. You know, would you tell somebody you were mad at them? You know, so it's always been that, that fear. And that, that really answered it for me. And I've been a completely, not a complete, like I've changed man now, but I'm a, been a different person. You have for sure. Without a doubt. And we could talk my about some of that too. Anger pops and stops because my brain picks up on it now quicker. Like my memories take me back to the, remember when you were really happy on that couch and you remember laying there, remember that space you were in? Remember how, I'm like, oh, that's what I you go back to. You can draw upon I, the joy because I go back to that. I go back to that and not further. Like a reference point. Right. Right. It was a break. And everything else that I was connected to, I think. Well, think about that. If you hadn't felt that kind of joy, maybe ever in your life, probably as a kid, right? There's probably at some uh, point. No. You don't no. know. Yeah, no. This like was, it's bigger. And, and people I didn't like talk I got a Nintendo, that. you know, as a kid. It, this was, <laughs> this was. Um, this is like the joy. This was like, like you're standing essence. on the edge of a cliff on Everest and the sun's rising and you're standing there with God is his name. And he's some dude with just light coming out of him. And, and you're like, I know, man. Right. This is badass. It's just what else is there? Nothing. This is awesome. It was that much joy that. No it's worry. indescribable. It is. It's. I don't know how to describe it other than in pictures, in words with pictures, and try to paint something out of that. But, but the amazing thing is, you have a reference point to that joy now, and you know how to get back there. But if you didn't have a reference point, right. how do you know where to get back to? And you just said that I when I get really same, angry, shut up, you're wrong. I'm right. You know, when then, I get I'm angry, yeah. I could go back to that reference point of joy. And recall it and go, oh yeah, I, I remember being on Everest on the sunrise and this freaking amazing. So I don't need to get there. And what there is to me is rage. And rage has always been destructive, unproductive. And literally in moments of rage, that's the stuff that is done and said that is almost and that's I almost said almost impossible to come back from. That's not that's true. You and I have come back reset. from rage. That's the explanation yes. of the I, I live at a seven out of 10. Yeah. You live at a two out of 10. Yep. And now I'm reset down to a five or four out of 10. Yep. So now when I get mad, I might go to seven instead of 10. Exactly. So that's or exactly 36. what it is. Because yeah. rage is like 36. I it's out of 36. control. And since the ceremony, you have not gotten to a 36. I, I don't want to. Or a 20. And it starts to go, I, 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 I'm like, oh, come on, dude. You know, like, come on, man. Amazing. Why are we here? And, I, and I literally go back to those thoughts of that couch, the days, and how I felt. I thought, just go back to that, man. I asked you a week ago, we were laying in bed watching TV or something. And there had been a series over the last couple weeks in particular, where it would have caused probably a full day fight between us. It would have been those little things, those little triggers that I call little. And they're not little to you. So I don't mean to say little, but to well, triggers. They are little, but when I'm starting at a seven out of 10, yeah. nothing's little. Nothing's little when you're there. No. And I asked you because I'm like, gosh, you know, this happened with the kid's room or this happened with work or this, this, and this, all these things happen. And you totally 
got angry, like every human being does get angry and you'll continue to get angry because you're a human. Right. It doesn't you. No, <laughs> but like you didn't get out of control. And even I was like, oh God, here we go again. There starts my cycle. But I've also been able to stop and say, wait, wait, wait. And therein lies why both couples need to do this healing together. Because if you spin into a cycle and didn't have the training or the ability to stop it, that would have definitely spun me into a cycle. But when both people have the training and in, and enter into their healing together, they're the battle buddy system. They can help not spin yeah. each other up. I think for some people, they might need to go through the journey individually. And then like maybe even the spouse goes on her own and he goes on his own, whatever that looks like. I think for you and I, like Jesse had said in the previous recording, you and I have gone through like nine modalities of healing together, over healing years, over years a year, years. nine years. So like you and I are very accustomed to going through uncomfortable treatments together and these kind of processes. I don't know that if you've never done some type of healing or open to that, and this is your first one, I'm not to say yes or no, that's for you. That's for you to decide. But if like you are in that place, it's measurable to the amount of work you've put into it. It right. was profound for me to watch you go through the experience because as a spouse, you were contorting, you were No, I want to hear that next in a in a layout like fully is because I kind of laid mine out a little bit of how I felt inside myself. Mm -hmm. Now, what I wondered, what does it look like? You know, under hypnosis, you know, make me act like a chicken on stage and I won't remember it. So that's what I want you to explain what the physical aspect of what I went through looks like. What I saw and what you experienced were very, very different things. Like we just talked <laughs> about, so. <laughs> we just talked about like the demonic. I did not see little baby demon feet, but I also did not see buckets full. It was a little bit. Two buckets full of vomit either. Huh? I so, did not. Wow. You know, it's a very uh, peaceful, serene kind of room and there's beautiful music and this very comfy couch and everything was very soft and welcoming and you had worked on your intention. So when you took, you know, you inhaled the vape and you fell back into the pillow, by the time your head hit the pillow and she was assisting you to lay down, you were gone. And I could tell oh, like no. Tom's left the building and whatever's happening now is beyond where I can go to help you. And that is someone who has been, your spouse, your caretaker, your advocate was extremely almost humbling to watch. Like you can't help him right now. They encouraged me to sit in the corner and be as quiet and still as I could be. I couldn't touch you. I couldn't talk to you. I couldn't comfort you. This was your journey. What a lesson in let someone experience their journey. This is Tom's lesson. This is Tom's fight. This is Tom's joy. This is whatever happens here. 100% belongs to Tom and Tom alone. And so to sit and watch you, your face contorted in a way I have never seen your face contort. It was moving in all of these directions. You were sweating. You were saying, fuck, your legs were kicking. That was my resistance. That was my fight and resistance of what was oh. coming at me. And it was, it was, I could see it. It was everything I'd ever gone through. That's what I described it as before. It just comes back to me. It was, I knew it was every bad thing I'd ever gone through coming at one time. I didn't see those things. Right. I knew what it was. Because it's a knowing. It's not like a movie. Like this happened in the movie and then this Which and this. Which is what I expected. A movie to play out in front of me and I would remember it to be able to describe it. It was just a knowing. It's feelings. It's sights. It's all of these 
to me, when people talk about a near-death experience and they say, when you go to the other side, it's like all knowing. It's just all the information kind of comes at you. Yeah. No one's telling you, but you just, it's a knowing. I had yeah, that too. It's yeah. like, I just know. You Nobody's know going, you know click, click, hey, Jen, tapping me on the shoulder. It was like, oh, I just know. No longer need talk because you know you know. Yes. Your brain was fully engaged. And before you had gotten to that place, which was very beautiful to witness, it was very difficult to sit in the corner and watch you shake and twitch and cuss and... Honestly, I just silently sobbed. He's cussing like He's a sailor, cursing. Even, when, even under. <laughs> Your experience looking at it visually was a man laying on the couch, sweating, twitching, and moving around, wow. sitting up, vomiting, and laying back down. That was the entirety of an hour and a half. I wasn't flopping around. Like you weren't flopping around. You it felt funny, and I laid when there. You when you talked, you were very myself, quiet. Don't worry about it. Who cares? Nobody cares. You got vomit in your nose and your mouth. Who cares? I felt like I was covered in vomit, laying there, going, "Who cares?" Nope, you did not. That's you weren't covered in anything. But good to know. You were all clean. It's all good. I mean, if I were to take a video of it and show somebody, they'd be like, "That's boring." Like, whatever. You know, it didn't feel boring. Okay. Like that doesn't look very exciting. So, like, yeah, I didn't get up or move or the most I did physically, I think, is I got into like a crouching position. You were, you were in a crouching, you were leaning up, covering your head, like in a covering. defensive position, like this, like your elbows down, like someone's hitting you the ball back in your head, you would do with both arms and hands and you know, to cover. Yeah. You did that a couple of times. You're putting your hand up, like either reaching for something or blocking something or reaching for the sky or looking for light or, or just, you kept doing that. So I was uh, a little bit more when you, physical you than you. Very little. I, very, it felt very, like a ton to me very, too. Very, very little. He came back and I thought like, look, you know, I'm an idiot. So I'm like, <laughs> so oh, gross. What, you spit out a piece of bubble gum or something. I mean, it literally was nothing. Oh, in my head, it was like the see, exorcist. I was it was like, to move. I'm on a bean bag, um, afraid to move. My back hurts. I'm like, oh, Maybe when they're rustling around, she's throwing up, I can shift. So I shifted to see if I could see what was going on. I, I scooted to where I could see more. I was, I was getting concerned. It's scary for me. All right. How was it for you then? It was scary because I had to keep telling myself they know what they're doing. Relax. They know what they're doing. Relax. You're out of control. When you're in a plane and then <laughs> and you're, you fall through a cloud. What are you going to do anyway, right? That's like that. What yeah. am I going to do? CPR on her? Sure. What, I don't even know what she's going to come back to. She's not dead. I know what you were going through. I had gone through first. So I, I mm. my mind, I'm like, oh, what's this? What's happening now? You know, <laughs> I'm trying to build my own picture of what you were going through, but it's scary to watch somebody. Could you tell? Like, I could tell when you were in your dark place, mm -hmm. you were contorting. Oh, yeah, and you then were, when you were in your joy, I mean, I've never seen you smile like that. You were ever. whispering with the medicine doctor. Yeah. And they were speaking back to you. And then you went back in for more. I was like, I, I, I was I telling her I was scared and she told me I was safe. Yeah. I remember that. I, I couldn't hear. It seemed like y'all were having a conversation and then maybe you were having one by yourself for a while, but she was not talking and you were doing some talking, and, but I couldn't hear what it was. And then you did do a little <laughs> more, more, you know, and I went, all right, man. Shit. I didn't want to, by the way, I will tell you oh, for me. I didn't want to do any of them after the first one. <laughs> I, I will. It's not like I'm so brave, but I really, it's hard it's to give hard. yourself props. When that was over, I literally was able to say, I feel brave for doing that because I wanted more than anything in the world after the first journey to stop. I mean, to stop and to run out of the house and never come back. It's like everything else in the but world. But I had to though, ask right? for more. The harder it is to obtain, the more you appreciate it. The harder it is to get, the more it costs. You know what I mean? So it's just value and worth and things like that. What it gave us 
is a reward for your bravery, right? Because after the first one, going in on the first one, the practice one where it's half the time and you get a little bit of, whoa, and you come back, all right, now full dose. I, literally, I was trying to fake breathing half the time, more, more, and one nine, counting you know, to 10 or whatever it was in the, in the inhale and then holding it and then laying down. The first one, the first full one, I'm like, let's see what's up, you know, after the practice one. And then that was the horrible one, obviously. And then the next one is hard to go back into. So you get oh rewarded for your bravery to, well, number one, I didn't die from it. Number nope. two, why did I just make it out? And and does my body really want all that in me again? And, and, and plus oh, you're like already there, right? Yeah. I'm like, I am already here and I'm already half, I'm like the fucking fifth gate of hell. I might as well go to the 10th, <laughs> right. you know, like, because of- I also felt like if I didn't get to the 10th gate of hell, or whatever it was that I couldn't get to the light either. Yeah, like I, I had it, to go through the bad shit to get to the light. So I was like, screw it. I'm pushing through. And like you said, I think it gives you what you need, what you want. And I think what I've noticed in you is confidence. I've come Not back bravery, way more confident, but more confident in your ability to speak about things, to confront people who might be off a bit and you would let it go because, well, I don't want to hurt their feelings. And I'm like, well, they're running around with false information or, or whatever the situation is. You have the confidence to say that and to do that. It's not that you're right. It's not that you're proving somebody wrong, but you've always not had the confidence to correct something that was off or to put your own opinion out there. Do you know why? What what matters to you and you let anybody else walk over you. So why? I think it's a huge lesson for me that came through was that I had to start trusting myself. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of people will go through for many, many different things, a million different. That's why every single journey is going to look incredibly different. There are no two that are the same. It's like snowflakes, you know, your experience and mine as deeply connected as you and I were very, very different experiences. And the next person who went after us will have a very different experience for me going through this experience really taught me to trust myself, trust my gut, trust my instincts, start listening to my voice, stop making yourself small. And I think the reason why is because a very dominant message for me that came through was that you're a human being, not a human doing. And you don't have to keep <laughs> wow. You don't have to keep climbing the next mountain. You don't have to keep doing the next thing in order to be a worthy human being of love. You are a human being worthy of love because you're a human being, period. End of story. And that was shown to me in a very, very clear, clear way. When you say human being, who does that encompass on this planet? What do you mean? Human being, the word human being. Who are you speaking about on this planet? All people. All people, right. That message of, and that's kind of always, I mean, you always joke, like when we met, you call me hippie chick and stuff because- (laughs) I think I've always, since I was a little kid, have been very, very connected to the idea of oneness. Like I just kind of was born with it. Like didn't understand divisiveness because I'm, I'm not saying that I haven't been an asshole or, you know, there are people I like or don't like, but I'm just saying I kind of was born with this intuition that everything is connected and everyone's connected. And that was definitely shown to me. Then human nature gets in the way. Human nature, power, greed, all of these things are different because of human nature and then cultures and then the separation of societal and different norms, the different societal norms. And to try to force one on another, 
creates confrontation. Right. And the the message of love came through. I saw a lot of light, this amazing, beautiful, gorgeous, warm, huge white light. And it was so bright. I think that was Alexis and I had talked after about the experience, Alexandra, sorry, Alex. And she said that the light, you know, I said, oh my God, the light was so bright. She's like, yeah, you, I think that's what I was reaching up for because it was, it was calling me to it. And I felt like if I go to the light, like, is that it? Am I going to die? Because if I go to the light, everybody always talked about going to the light. Well, the naysayers, you know, the ones that don't believe this. And I always, I always like to joke about the ones that don't believe anything. Cause I never believe anything unless I've gone through it. And then I'm like, oh, I believe it now. And they say, oh, the light is your brain sending signals to your blah, blah, blah. So there's no this or no that. And I'm like, okay, well, what about the people who don't see the light then? What's that mean then? If it always does this, then what does that mean? Right? Right. I think it means something more than your brain's doing this and that, you know? Oh, I, yeah, I'm a very spiritual person. I'm not religious, but spiritual. And so maybe my language is a little different to others. I hope that my hope for everyone who's listening is that you make decisions for yourself based on your own experiences. And my experience is very spiritual. So whether I was able to tap into that in a different realm or not, I don't know. All I know is what I saw and experienced. And that was a very white, beautiful light. It was telling me that you are enough. You are worthy just as you are, whether you do things or not do things. Literally, like if you sit on a couch all day, but you are in the spirit of love and kindness and goodness, you're not hurting anyone else. That's it. And I have always been task-oriented person since I can remember. And that's a trauma response. When you are in trauma, you are constantly checking boxes and doing and doing and doing and doing. You don't like the quiet. You don't like the still. Like my job I used to have. And I have found that since this. Check boxes, yes. constantly on the move, always changing, looking for different, better ways. Not, never good enough. You never felt good enough. So nope. you always had more boxes to check. Yeah. And but you are good enough. You found that out. The other side of it, though, because I was shown a darkness that honestly, I don't have a word for how terrified I was. I don't even have a word for it. When you covered up. Yeah. I tucked under because... Mm-hmm. Like you were in the closet and there's a little girl hiding in a ball. And it was fear. It was literally a shapeless blackness that started getting bigger and bigger and bigger as it got closer to me. And it was very obvious. It was fear and control that control lives within that fear. And to let go of fear, I have to let go of control and that I'm safe in that. And Control is, is a measure of trauma anyway, too. Right? It's an control illusion. Control is an illusion. It is. And it was like, hey, you want to live. <laughs> it was that day. It was. But it was the hallucination showed you that control is an illusion. It is. And it was like fear lives in control. And if you want to live a joyful life, and if you want to live a good life, and you got to live in love. You got to live over here. And you can't control anyone's outcome. And your journey is your own. And ever since we have done this, and this was February 1st, have I brought up one modality of treatment for you since? Have I asked you to go do a treatment or anything? Hmm. Let me think. Cause my brain starts wanting to say, yes, you have, but I don't think you have. I haven't. And because that showed me that your journey is your own. And that's been one thing I've noticed with you, the confidence or whatever it is that you have. But also I think the confidence comes from you're confident in yourself of where we're at. 
that you're, you're wary of, oh, he's going to do something. He needs more help. So he doesn't do something stupid. And I have to leave him or something, whatever it is. It's, it's been a lot better. Mm-hmm. It has. I mean, not like it was horrible. It's been horrible in the past, but not recently. It's not been horrible, horrible, but I mean, I can notice a distinct difference. It's because of us both. The less rage has shown up and the more distance I get from that response, the more my heart grows for you. And we've talked well, about that you, before. The less you behave like I'm going to act out in rage when I'm not, which enrages me. Yes. It's this that it's negative I'm like, I'm not even, cycle. I'm not even raging yet, damn it. <laughs> yep. This <laughs> little dance that we did yeah. has stopped and now we have a new one. I was just, somebody asked how key. we were doing. Whether and I'm like, great. Whether or any other modality, breaking that cycle. The yep. cycle that's not working. And sometimes you need help. And you and I have worked with therapists. We've done treatments. We've we done everything. We've always needed help our entire lives since babies. I'm a baby. Okay. Do it yourself, brother. You know? No, we lay there and cry and wiggle. You have to show us. First, you have to do for us. We've lived a life where people have done for us. Yep. And we forget. Children don't remember all the things we do for them now. You haul them to the dance. You haul them to football practice in school. All the things we do, but there's a baby, everything's done. And then we start wanting our independence. We want it, want it, want it, and more and more. And right, we don't want to be told what to do. We know what everything. So people think they know everything, but here's something that many people don't know about. They'll judge it, they'll put it down, they'll go against it without being curious, right? Being more because judgmental. That's fear. Because control. fear of not knowing and they want to control. I don't need that. I, okay. Why don't you look into it like you've done everything else you've learned, right? Like when or you hey. joined the military, you had to be taught that. Whatever special skill that ruined your life taught you, you had to be taught that, right? Now, this is something else we need to be taught that we've never been taught. Or, hey, if you don't like it, turn it off. There's a new flash for oh, you. Yeah. If you don't like it, remove yourself from Delete it. podcast, move on with your day. So what? Not everything's meant for everyone. It's and like it doesn't mean it's walks, good, bad, or different. Somebody walks into the town square and starts preaching about something they believe in. And someone walks up and says, I don't believe in that. So stop preaching that. Right? Well, when does that stop? Exactly. And right. then that same guy who's saying, I don't believe that. Next week, he's up sharing his point of view. And that guy comes up and says, get off the stand. He's like, you can't get me off the stand. You just did the same thing last yeah. week. Tolerance has become... Like it's just gone. Well, it's all name calling now. But I think with this, even within our own relationship, we were becoming intolerant. Correct. With each other's behavior, with the reaction, with the pre-strike, right? I didn't, you were expecting it. I was expecting it. This dance would start before words were even coming out. And then the fight about, well, you did it, well, you did it, well, you did it, well, you did it. It's like, wow, what are we even arguing about? So it's just such a waste of time to keep. Rightness. Rightness, yeah. Highest. Rightness is bullshit. <laughs> it's it causes more problems than anything. If we can check our ego, and that's what this thing helped me do a lot. Check when my it. body and my spirit, and my ego all broke apart from each other, terrifying, horrific, awful, felt like dying. Mm-hmm. It was not pleasant, but getting to the other side of it has shown me incredibly how valuable life is and how thin of a thread we all are from tipping to that other side. That's appreciation. Appreciation. Life. You appreciate what you have. Thank Realizing how God, thin yes. it is between life and death, yep. right and wrong, everything. Everything. All negatives are so thin. You know, you can make an almost good decision or you can make a good decision. And we could have come back from this experience and gone right back to life, right back to that negative cycle we could have been some of the folks that would have said, well, it didn't really work for me or do anything. 
I think the difference is you and I became very, very reflective of that because we take every treatment very seriously and we, well, we do it for us and other people. 100% of ourselves into it. And so on the other side of it, I would say a week or two after I was constantly thinking about it, but my actions and behaviors weren't changing. You too. It was like two to three weeks in where I started noticing, oh my gosh, he's yeah. not even getting angry or, oh my gosh, he got angry. And I'm thinking, here we go. Yeah. And then two seconds later, you're like, I don't want to fight about that. I don't, I think that's really kind of stupid. Let's just, and I'm looking at you like, well, who, who's this guy? Because that was like 11 seconds instead of 11 hours. Like the hyper awareness creates the behavior change. We've got nine years of tools to help us. Our toolbox is already full. So I think something Psychedelics to- isn't a one and done. Nope. Meaning one and you're healed, not no. meaning you need to go back and do it every month or every week or every year. I don't know what that means for other people, but therapy. it means you need therapy. It means you need other things. You need to go do yoga, whatever it is. Don't stop eating properly. Why would we not start with that? Like Jesse said, if you leave this ceremony and you go to the bar and start drinking, you didn't go in with the intention of change, right? And then you're not following it up with the behavioral actions. Do you want to go to the bar still? Yep. But then you have to use that hyper-awareness and that message and that alignment that you were shown and say, is this the behavior I want to continue or not? And that has been my mantra since this ceremony is, how do I want it to be different? Oh, I don't want to fight with Tom either. There was literally a night the other week where you went inside. I sat outside in the tent and I sat there for a minute and I thought, here we go again. I said, nope. We're not going here again. And how can I change my behavior right now? How can I swallow my pride? How can I shove my ego down? And how can I Shoot, get us reconnected? Oh, yeah, <laughs> I'm sorry. I thought wrong. I got a win in. Go ahead. You get so many wins in, bud. I remember that. I remember the separation and the calming. And when you came back in, it was like business as usual. It was something stupid that almost started and it wasn't worth it. Time it was anyway. like, it let's was gone. just drop it. Let's yeah. just be done with it. And you were like, yep. And then I, Instead of sitting on opposite sides of the bed, you know, I think I cuddled up next to you and we went on with our night. And so it has changed and we've changed and, it can and we're change working to change. If with intent. Yeah. Right? Intention's huge. And that goes for everyone in everyday life, myself included, just to check that intention. I'm glad we're more curious and less judgmental about this process. It's definitely paid off for both of us, yep. for our relationship. Yeah. And is it right for you? That's your decision as an individual, as a person. But I would say, like we keep saying, be curious, right? Look into it. Do research. And if not, talk to people, ask us who to see about it, right? We'll send you in the right direction. You can pick our brains about it if you want. We'll tell you more. But I think it's a private journey that will give you what you need. It may not be what you want or what you (laughs) thought you needed. But when you're done with it, you'll realize that you needed it and you'll You'll be appreciative. I, I think. think so. Yeah. Regardless, check it out. If it's not for you, there's something else out there that is. Yeah. If it's not that, something. Something. And if not now, when? Yeah, that's kind of right. Like a poem if not or now, when? Right. All kinds of cool sayings to get people off their butt to do shit. Since the I dawn love of Pinterest. Time. Don't no, get since, me wrong. No, since the dawn I'll look of at time. Quotes all day. No, my point is since the dawn of time. There's been poetry and books and carvings on concrete walls about get up off your butt and do something. You know, the (laughs) carving on the wall, the dude with the spear chasing an antelope. He went out and did something. Yeah, he ate. Do something, right? Do something for yourself. Do something. Love it. 
It's a great message. Till next time. All right, guys.